We've been in a series entitled Developing a Faith That Works. Today, James is going to help us with our mouth, with our tongue. We <laughs> need any help, need any work there. You know, we, we all love to talk. There are talk shows everywhere. Everybody has something to say. Did you know that the average American has 30 conversations a day. One-fifth of your life will be taken up by talking. In one year, your conversations alone will fill 66 books of over 800 pages. Women, on average... This is a quote. I'm reading this. I I googled this, all right? And there's some controversy about this one. But this is the one that most came up with. On average, speak 20,000 words a day. Men, 7,000. Now, I even read, I even read, I did a little more research on this. There may be a scientific reason why this is so. There's something called a fox to protein. Uh, it's in the cerebellum of the brain, and women have more of it than men. And that FOX2 protein has something to do with our speech, with our language. So there, yeah. read the articles yourself, Google it, and I don't know how much to faith to put into any of that stuff I read online anyway. But I'm telling you what I read. Heard about a guy that said, Do you resent the fact that your wife always gets the last word? And he said, no, I'm just glad when she finally gets to it. (laughs) We, We have a natural ability, don't we, to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. It's kind of like the stock boy at the grocery store. A woman walked up to him and said, can I buy a half a head of lettuce? And the stock boy goes, well, I don't know. Let me check with my manager. And so he starts walking over to find his manager, not realizing that she was right behind him. And he says to his manager, you're not going to believe this. There's some old bag out there that wants to buy a, a half a head of lettuce. And he turned around and saw her standing there. And he said, and this fine lady would like to buy the other half. Well... Our mouths can get us into trouble, can't they? You know, you know, James talks more about the tongue than anybody else in the New Testament. And we see right here in James chapter 3, verse 2, these words. We all stumble in many ways. Anybody want to give a testimony this morning? But here's a, here's a way that we, we really need to guard. If anyone is never at fault in what he says... He is a perfect man. Now, the word perfect there is not talking about moral perfection. It's the word for he is complete. He is mature. He is 
healthy, a healthy person, able to keep the whole body under check. Well, why must I watch what I say? James gives us three good reasons today. Number one, my tongue directs where I go. My tongue directs the direction of my life. And he illustrates. He gives some really good illustrations today. Look at this verse. When we put bits in the mouths of horses, you know what a bit is? It's that metal thing that goes in here. It's a tiny little thing compared to the size of a horse. That's why a 95-pound jockey can control a huge stallion. That little bit. When we put a bit in the mouths of horses, we can turn the whole animal. Slightest movement of the reins because of a little tiny bit. You ever wish you had a bit on your tongue? Control that thing. Now watch this. He talks about the rudder on a ship. Next verse. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds... They are steered. In other words, the direction of the ship, the vessel, the direction of your life is steered by a very small thing. In our case, it's the tongue. In the case of a ship, you've got the rudder. And it goes wherever the pilot wants it to go. Look at this picture here. That is called the harmony of the seas. That, I googled this this week, that is the largest cruise ship in the world today. Now, they've got bigger ones coming out, but right now, that's the largest. It can handle 6,000 passengers, 2,400 crew people, and acres and acres and acres of recreation area. That is one huge vessel. But the rudder that guides the whole thing is relatively small compared to the size of that ship. And our tongue is what James is saying here is sort of the steering wheel of our life. And so if you don't like the way you're headed, James says, change the way you talk. Many people think, well, if my tongue is that difficult and gets me into trouble, maybe it's just best I don't say anything. Kind of like the guy that join a monastery, and uh, they said, well, you know, we have a three-year probation if we're going to let you stay in the monastery or not. And he said, okay, fine. What is it? Well, you can't talk. You've got to take a vow of silence for the first three years. And he said, okay, I'll do it. And they said, now, the good news is at the end of every year, you're allowed to say two words. And so at the end of the first year, the man said, bed hard. At the end of the second year, he said, food cold. At the end of the third year, he said, I quit. <laughs> and the head of the monastery said, well, that doesn't surprise me one bit at all, because all you've done since you got here is complain. <laughs> Our tongue directs the direction of our lives. Number two, my tongue can destroy what I have. And and now we use some pretty graphic language. He talks about fires. And the tongue is like the fire of hell. 
Verse 5, consider what a great forest is set on fire. Just by a tiny little spark, a little match, if you will. The tongue is also a fire. Imagine a beautiful forest, and you know, we live in Southern California. It seems like the fire season is getting here sooner and lasting longer every year, doesn't it? And, uh, you know, just a careless match, one little match can burn down tens of thousands of acres of forests and destroy lands and houses and, and, and property and, and livestock and human life, of course, all from one little match. Now, here's his point. His point is saying, we see the devastation of that, and he says, well, watch this. Your tongue is like a spark, a fire, a match. You can devastate the lives of others and your own life by what you say. A careless word can destroy. Gossip spreads like a wildfire, does it not? It spreads quickly and it wreaks havoc. He goes on to say, look at 6b. He adds to this thought. It sets the whole course of his life on fire. Notice, it, it, it directs your life. It sets the whole course of itself set on fire by, what's the next word? Hell. Now that's a graphic illustration. He's, taking, he's talking about the fiery pit of hell can destroy everything that I have. Words create a chain reaction. What do I mean by that? When you say something, then somebody else says something, and this whole thing, you you can tick somebody else. Like the, the husband that came home from work, he was cranky in a bad mood, and he yells at the wife. The wife yells at the son. The son punches his sister in the arm. The sister kicks the dog. The dog bites the cat, the cat scratches the baby, and the baby tears the head off the Barbie doll. Do you see the chain reaction? Just by this little thing called the tongue. It's a dangerous thing. Set, notice the graphic language, set on fire by hell. Wow, James, isn't that a little strong? No, that's not too strong a word. Someone says, my life is a living hell. Well, how do you talk? What do you say? How do you deal with relationships? This couple went to a marriage counselor. And the marriage counselor said, well, what happened? And the man said, well, I said this. And then she said that. And then I said this. And then he got real quiet. He said, yeah. And then what happened? And then all hell broke loose. And that's what James is saying. Our words can cause all hell to break loose in our lives. It can cause you to lose your family. Words can cause you to lose your kids. 
Your words can cause you to lose your career and just right on down the line. Proverbs 21 has some pretty good advice. Wisest man that ever lived, Proverbs 21, 23 said these words. If you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you, you finish it. Now, James illustrates how difficult it is for us to be careful with what we say. I mean, have you ever said, okay, I'm zipping it today. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to bite my tongue. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say those words that get me into trouble. He says, man, that's, that's, almost an, that's an impossible task is what he's about to say. Check this out. Verses 7 and 8. All kinds of animals have been tamed by man. Ever been to San Diego Zoo? When we were kids, we used to go all the time. Had family, lived in San Diego. And they would train animals to do all kinds of nifty stuff. And uh, I, mean, I remember birds on command would fly that way. And then, boom, he'd put out his arm and come back and fly this way. And after the zoo, we'd go to SeaWorld. And dolphins would, you know, swim in unison, synchronized swimming. You got the Olympics. I saw that the other day. Well, dolphins can do that, right? <laughs> Flipper, and then they start flipping, you know, doing all that stuff. I mean, even the sea lions, even the sea lion show, it's one of my favorites. It's funny. And they even wave goodbye to the audience as they go back into their cages. James says, we can tame an animal. We can even train an animal. But nobody, I mean, nobody can tame our tongues. Well, that's good news, James. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Shall we stand and sing and go home depressed? (laughs) Right? I mean, if that's all there is. I think his point is this. Do you see why we need a God? Do you see why we need a God? We can train animals, but we can't train our tongues. We need a God to control this thing. It's much bigger than us. And so my tongue directs where I go. My my tongue can destroy what I have. Everything I own can be destroyed by what I say. And now number three, he says, my tongue displays who I really am. Verse nine. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. Hey, isn't that a good thing? And with it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth, he says, come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. What he's saying here is the tongue is a strange contradiction, isn't it? Haven't you ever bless people with your tongue? And have you ever cursed people? The same tongue does blessing and cursing. One minute we're praising God. The next minute we're cursing people that he made. How is it possible to be so loving to our wives and our husbands and our children? And then in the next moment, so harsh and cold and mean. Do you struggle with an inconsistent tongue? My Bible says, we all do. We all do. This is not something unique to me. It's unique to everyone. We all struggle with it. Verse 11. Can both fresh water 
and salt water come from the same spring? The obvious answer is what? No. Doesn't happen in nature. Can a fig tree bear olives? No. Can a grapevine bear figs? No. What's he saying? He's saying, what's in the well comes out in the water. What's in the tree comes out in the fruit. And what's in your heart comes out in your tongue, in your mouth. Do you see that? That's the analogy that he's giving. See, my problem is not my tongue. My problem is my heart. Now we're getting somewhere, right? See, the heart of the problem is the problem with the heart, James says. Everybody said, oh, I don't know what got into me. That's just so out of my character. And James says, no, 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 not so fast. That's exactly who you are inside. That's why it came out. It would have came out if you didn't have that in you. Now, we don't want it in us. And as we grow, and the closer we get to light, the further we get from what? Darkness. We're going to handle on this thing, but it takes power from God and the Holy Spirit. What's on the inside comes out on the outside. Jesus put it like this in Matthew 12, 34. For out of the overflow of the, what's the next word? Is it on the, is it on the screen? What's the next word? Heart. The mouth speaks. So what's in here comes out where? Here. So, so Jesus really is explaining the Freudian slip. Oh, didn't mean to say that. Well, wait a second. It came from someplace. A person, someone said, a person with a harsh tongue has an angry heart. A person with a, find yourself in here, all right? A negative tongue, are you negative? Has a fearful heart. A person with an overactive tongue has an unsettled heart. A person with a boasting tongue, know anybody like that? They have an insecure heart. A person with a filthy tongue has an impure heart. A person with a critical tongue, always criticizing, has a bitter heart. But there's a flip side to this coin. A person with an encouraging heart, tongue, has a happy heart. A person with a gentle tongue has a loving heart. A person with a truthful tongue has an honest heart. You see, it's a problem with the heart, not the tongue. And so you say, what's the solution, James? What's the solution, God? What does your word have to say to me this morning? I agree. I'm crying, uncle, uncle, I give up. Three things. Number one, get a new heart. Ezekiel will say in Ezekiel 18, 31, rid yourself of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. That can only come from God. 
that can only come from God himself. Painting the outside of the pump doesn't take the poison out of the well. Jesus called the Pharisees whited sepulchers. They looked real good on the outside, but they were dead men's bones on the inside. We need to go to God with this. Not by strength or by power, says the Lord, but by my spirit. See, with man, all things, with man, you can't do anything, but with God, all things are possible. You don't need to turn over a new leaf. You need a whole new heart. Well, how do I get that? Well, Paul will say in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, see where we're going with this? Do you see the answer with this? He is a new person. The old has passed away. Behold, all things become new. Jesus gives you a new life. He gives you a new heart. He gives you a new spirit. That's instant. Now, will I change instantly? No, that's a process. Salvation is instant. Salvation is free. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't pay for it. But the discipleship process, the growing process, the sanctification process may take a lifetime. But believe me, once you're in Christ, you're heading in the right direction. And all that is going in the right way. Number two, ask God for help. Well, how often should I do that? Every day. The psalmist will say in Psalm 141.3, Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. <laughs> Have you ever said, God, would you muzzle my mouth? That's what he's really saying here. Would you put a muzzle over my mouth? Just zip it. God, today, don't let me be critical. God, today, don't let me be judgmental. Now, in order to have daily power, you're going to need daily prayer. See how that works? I talk to people and I say, when was the last time you prayed? Oh, oh, I was just talking to someone this week. Oh, I don't know. I, I guess about a month ago. I go, what? <laughs> One person told me a week. That's just in this past week. What? A month? A week? Man, if you want daily power, you need daily prayer. I can't think of going a day without prayer. Praying throughout the day. Asking for wisdom throughout the day. Asking for help throughout the day. And not always for me. I might see a total stranger and just see, boy, there's a need there. God, meet that need. Help that need. And if you want to use me, make it so we meet. Let my spirit know what your spirit's thinking. Sometimes I'm the answer to my own prayer. Sidlow Baxter was a preacher from, you know, maybe, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Good guy, author. I like this quote. The proof that God's spirit is in your life is not that you speak in an unknown tongue, but you control the tongue you know. Ooh, that's something, huh? 
What's the solution? Get a new heart. Ask God for help every, every day. And number three, think before you speak. Think before you speak. Engage your mind before you put your mouth in gear. James puts it like this, James 1.19, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. If you have a problem with anger, work on your listening. Amen? Anybody need help with this sermon today? Okay, may I see that hand? Okay. All of our hands just went up. Well, you know what? I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now, but I'm also going to open the prayer room. Tony said he'd meet you in there. Others of you, I had one fellow come to me today. He's been coming here for, well, I'm not exactly sure how long, but at least through the James series. He came to my Bible class this morning. And um, as we were talking, he said, I want to be baptized into Christ. And so we talked about baptism. We looked at some verses. I got his story. And um, I said, well, you know what? We can, we can do that today. And one of the people in the, audience, or in the class said, well, you know, you don't have to do it in front of everyone. He said, no, I want to do it in front of everyone. James says, and this is kind of his quote, faith that cannot be seen is not real faith. I want it to be seen. And those four baptisms last week affected this guy. He said, man, that was awesome. To see those people say, I believe in Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power for salvation. I'm not going to be a secret service saint anymore. I want everyone to know. I'm his. He's mine. We're on the road to heaven. Saved by grace through faith. I'm not the man that I once that I want to be, but I'm not the man that I'm going to be. I'm still on this journey. I'm still moving forward. That's what this fellow named Ray was saying to me today. You're going to meet him here in a moment. Because when we stand and sing, I want Ray, I want you to come on. There you are. And I want your buddy over there, Lance. And you got another buddy here named George. These, are, these guys are encouragers of one another. I want you guys to come up and stand by his side, all right? Now, let's pray, and then you can pray with Tony if you need to. Others, if you haven't named Jesus as your Lord and Savior yet, you haven't put him on in baptism, today's your day. We're going to do that. Let's go to our Father in prayer. What does your, your tongue say about you? James says the only way to get control of your tongue is to let Jesus Christ control your heart. Every single one of us needed this message from James today. It's a universal problem. Maybe you just say right now in your heart, God, I need a heart transplant. Take control of my life. Don't let my tongue destroy all that I have. Don't let it destroy my family. Don't let it destroy my friendships. Don't let my tongue destroy my career or whatever else you're thinking of right now. Help me not to be a verbal arsonist. Now, if you prayed that prayer, God heard you. Father, we all needed this message. 
I pray that we will all learn to manage our mouth. Help us, because we can't do it on our own. We need your Spirit. But by your Spirit in our lives, we can have victory. Help us to use our mouth, really only for two things, to praise you and bless people. In Jesus' name, amen.